Hi, this is a quick announcement. If you are a fan of the actual plays that have been on Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks, you may not know that we've actually moved them, or at least we've, we'll be doing all new episodes, on a new podcast called Grizzly Peaks Radio. So please go and check it out. There'll be a link in the show notes. Make a move, adventures calling. Forest fires, cougars falling. Take a chance and roll the dice one day. If you're a DM player, find you. Millennials can join this quest too. Expedition, we're gonna find a way. The Eldritch Organ continues to expand, to swell. <laughs> oh dear. It was inevitable, wasn't it, that there would be a dick joke at some point. But, yeah, I, this thing seems to have got a life of its own, which is a worrying thought. Um, but <laughs> we, we move onwards, we move forwards inevitably, inexorably towards the climax, so to speak. I really need to stop with the innuendo. I, you know, I, it's just, I seem to be, yeah, unable to. So, we have a date. Barney and I have a date. The, I don't like where this is going. I really don't like where this is going. So, let, let me be just really clear. We have a date, we, or rather we have two dates for our Eldritch Organ improvised game. We also have a covenant (laughs) so um as usual um you know i i suggest something and then someone else actually does the work you know i um (laughs) um to to my best friend's huge annoyance uh we, we were at um we were at college together we were at art college together um, he he's he's a, he's a he was a very, he is a very talented painter. He still is painting, um, trying to make a living out of it. Um, on you know partially, um, you know thirty years on, I of course gave up almost immediately after leaving college. So, um, but anyway, point being, he was really annoyed with me at the end of our first year because he'd been working his arse off and I'd been dilettanting around and being you know the the flippant and uncommitted person that that I that I was and maybe still I am and in my assessment it said Andy has done a lot of great work in his head and I can't tell you how annoyed that made my friend because he'd been burning the midnight oil producing these huge beautiful paintings and I'd been putting gravel in boxes or something silly anyway um yeah so in a little bit of a echo of of those sorts of behaviors i suggested something this covenant and then of course barney goes off and and writes the thing um and he's made this document really which is the agreement we also have a date as i said 29th and 30th of december we are really risking 
yeah, we're, we're risking disaster, I think, by placing these games in, in what is known as the holiday perineum. You know, the holiday perineum. Come on, don't tell me you don't know what the holiday perineum is. It's the gap between Christmas and New Year, obviously. The perineum. Come on. Anyway, I think it is a bit risky because, as we all know, at well, this year, who knows? But generally speaking, those four, five days, they stop being days. They become this sort of non-time, as we all know, um, where nothing seems to make sense anymore and nothing, um, you know, you don't know what day it is. You don't know what date it is. You um, you actually seriously consider that starting drinking at 10 a.m. is perfectly normal um, perfectly fine, and and in fact it is. Um, yeah, so put, trying to schedule not one but two games during that period with um, groups of people who we haven't even fully confirmed yet. Not only that, but but putting them into this structure, this improvisational mystery structure with the covenant. <laughs> plus. You know, for me, this is a stretch. We're we're talking about running them for three to four hours with US, UK, Euro time zones. Man, I think we are we're taking a we're we're, we're taking a flyer at this one, aren't we? We're we're really rolling the dice. So let's see, let's see. I think the the will is there. the The spirit is willing. We will see if the flesh is not weak. So, yeah, um, I'm really excited about this, actually. Um, it seems like quite a few other people are as well, which has really um, tickled me, to be honest. Um, so um, here's a couple of messages about people wanting to play the game, about people that have been really enthused by this conversation that Barney and I have been having, that, that in a way I feel we've been building up to this conversation for almost a year now. If I think back to that first set of messages that Barney sent me around Christmas time 2019, uh, go back and check out that episode. Um, it, uh, lo- I think it was Loco's Ludic something. Ludic, I-, I can't remember, but it's one of the early episodes where I got my first set of voice messages from Barney where he went into a lot of detail talking about my Master of Nile Athotep campaign and also about planning and improvisation and all kinds of things. So this has been going, this has been building up for a year. And I think in a way it's wonderful that we've gone from being, well, just someone that you left a message for on Anchor to, I would say, being friends. I mean, you know, Barney's a friend and, and, and I think, I'm sure he thinks that I'm a friend. And if we ever could meet, I'm sure... Um, it would be equally lovely, but of course that ain't happening anytime soon. But <clears throat> but yeah, um, I do feel that this is a culmination. I hope it's not an end. That would be weird, but it won't be. Hey Andy, just wanted to say I would love to join the Barney Crush Crew. Um, crew? No, I would love to join... The Barney Crush Q. Barney Crush Crew? That sounds like um, 
well, it's my old school hip hop influences coming through there, obviously. Um, the Barney Crush Q. And for our American listeners, a Q is a much simpler way of saying waiting in line. So I guess you could say the Loco Ludus Love Line. So yeah, I would love to join the Loco Ludus Love Line. In other words, I would love to play in the game, family permitting. So uh, pencil me in, big boy. Hi, Andy. It is Paul Sinjin McIntosh here, and thanks for the shout-out on the show. You mentioned Cthulhu Mythos RPGs and Games, our new Facebook group. We started that basically to pay tribute to the sheer breadth of Cthulhu-related, cosmic horror-related games that are out there, and to be able to explore that whole depth of gameplay outside just the confines of Call of Cthulhu. And episodes like your debate on um, improv and sandboxing are really helpful for getting into the various ways to play, especially for me as a lover of Kevin Crawford's sandbox approach. So keep up the good work and the good discussions. Thanks once again. Bye. Hello, Andy. It's Edwin here. Um, I just wanted to call in um, after listening to your second part of the uh, improvisational episode, um, which I enjoyed. Um, I don't mean this the wrong way if I say one of the things I enjoyed more more was hearing Safer's voice again. Um, I do miss hearing his um, always thoughtful and further con- considerations of uh, aspects of gaming. Um, and like you, I think he should podcast again. I'm glad um, that you may have um, drawn him into a game. I I look forward to hearing how that goes. One of the reasons I was uh, glad to hear what he had to say um, was that I was glad to find that he thought it was quite reasonable um, to call for somebody to say, call for the police. Um, And even Joe does. um, I, I say this because uh, I'm afraid I'm one of those players who rather naively and stupidly have suggested that in one of your games. Uh, and I'm sorry if I cause you to mutter under your breath and roll your eyes. Um, after listening to that conversation with Barney, I was a bit paranoid um, because not only uh, was I guilty there, but um, you suggested to him that he should get some more stupid players to play test uh, his alluvial planes game, and uh, lo and behold, I got a private message from. Him. But it's all fun and games, so don't worry about that. Um, and I'm not really that paranoid. Um, I did think that all this discussion you were having about um, with well, the covenant sounds a great idea. Um, and but then discussions about how things are going to turn out and how shaped they are um, that doesn't sound very improvised to me um, I wonder whether you're you're drifting away from the core concept um, dare I say it as, as Mr Dempsey says making things more complicated um, 
Apparently, Steve Dempsey is a contributor to a book called Shotguns vs. Cthulhu. Which the blurb uh, describes as an exciting collection from the rising stars of the new Cthuliana. So, um, there you go. Um, I hope the game goes well. Um, I look forward to hearing how it goes. Um, and indeed the, the developments before the game as well. Um, you look after yourself with forest fires and with viruses and anything else that may harm you, including rogue deer. Um, and I shall talk to you another time. Bye now. Oh, yes. Um, we're on that list of things you should have to look out for. I should have included people who don't like your um, communist American-hating rants that you hide in these seemingly innocuous um, podcasts. Bad show. Hey, Andy, Jason here. I thought I called you about 321 Elder Torgan Part 1. I guess I didn't. Or maybe the sound quality wasn't good enough. I could believe either one been working a lot lately so I may have forgot to call or thought I called but I really enjoyed your discussion and while I agree with you Steve gave you lots of great advice in that Facebook post I really liked your discussion with Barney and I think you guys came up with some great points and I really like the framework and what you guys are going for I, I think it's great and I definitely look forward to the next part where you guys discuss some more um I kind of assume you didn't want me in any more of your games because you hadn't invited me back. So there's no use in, you know, volunteering to play. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to your next episode. And I hope you're doing okay. And I'll talk to you again soon. So it looks like inadvertently I have stumbled into a, um, a faux pas or a trap, really, for for criticising um, Stephen. Um well, not really criticising, um, let's say satirising Stephen. It seems like I have now forever um, sullied my name and tarnished my reputation and blown any chance I have of, of uh, you know, getting published uh, by any of the small indie Cthulhu Mythos games publishers. Not that I was ever intending to, but if I ever did, I guess I've blown it now, haven't I? But um, uh, thank you, uh, uh, Mr. Sinjin. <laughs> um, for uh, well, for welcoming me actually, when when it would be very easy just to think this guy's a dick, and um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm not a dick. Well, I am. So in some ways, in some ways, but generally I'm okay. Generally, at least that's what my mother tells me. My father, on the other hand, thinks I'm a complete fill in the blank. Um, so, so, um, there's a lot of paranoia going around, isn't there? <laughs> um, Edwin, I mean, I know you were joking as well, but, and I'm sort of joking as well. I, I, I don't, I don't loathe my players when they want to call the police. I, I think when it becomes your kind of almost default reaction to danger i think that's probably the situation that 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 
would get my goat most mostly but there are many ways to circumvent it um for instance i mean in the end after all what a police except another opportunity for your players to witness the mindless slaughter of um unknowing innocence eh um and the concomitant sanity loss. So, so realistically, even if the police do turn up, it's not going to mess your game up in any way. But what it what what it does do is it is it just kind of bogs things down a bit. It's like you know, in a way, Barney's right. Be Van Helsing's get in there. I, so, so I'm a bit conflicted because yes, I whilst I want my players to be scared and 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 unknowing. I also want them to be brave. So I guess, I guess your other point then, Edwin, you kind of want them to be a bit thick as well. <laughs> so they do blunder into into the worst horrors. So um, just to get back to that calling the police point, um, I think I think my masks of Nile Athletep group, they are now forever forsworn against that because. Um, in the last chapter, in the Egypt chapter that we finished off a, a couple of, well, a month or two ago, I can't remember when, um, they, one of the characters, one of the new, so Sid's new character um, is is a British spy working for British Secret Service with contacts, obviously. So she she got some agents to accompany them in their assault on the uh, the great temple beneath the Mycerinus Pyramid. Um Actually, is it beneath the Mycerina? It's it's actually beneath the pyramids of Giza. It's it's actually not not beneath a specific pyramid. Anyway, irrelevant. Um, she called in. Uh, I think it was four or five of five agents, like field agents, four of whom were slaughtered <laughs> because they're just they're just mooks. So you know, you go into an enemy encampment or an enemy temple with hundreds of worshippers um the black sphinx itself 100 feet high um powerful wizards they ain't lasting very long and i think they have learned their lesson i think there was a degree of guilt after that basically leading six people to their slaughter so there are ways around it and and actually truth be told um we haven't got onto it yet but we are now powering ahead with with releasing episodes of masks in the england chapter which is two chapters ago um i i should this is a bit of a spoiler if you're if you're a fan of that podcast um but they do call the police at one at some point okay um i'm not going to say when um it's actually sort of implicit in in that chapter because you meet um Inspector Barrington of New Scotland Yard and he becomes your ally so yes you can call them in and and they are sort of implicit and very helpful at one point because you know the, the investigators get into so much danger that that without them it probably is curtains so it's not a hard and fast rule it's not absolute um, I'm not dogmatic about it. I just think that that reliance on on outside agency to help you, I think in any game, just feels a bit pointless. Uh, you know, it's like, yes, maybe you would do that realistically, but, you know, we're not in a realistic um, setting or context. So, anyway. 
Jason, on the other hand, your paranoia is totally justified because, no, I don't want you in any of my games ever again. Ever again. You hear that? Jason, I love you, man. I would love to play with you again. Um, Two things, though, and these are... This is not excuses. Um, One, you have declared yourself very reluctant to play in a game where there's going to be an actual play made and and I wish to respect that of you um I I wouldn't I I did sort of blindside you when when you played in in forget me not because I don't think you were aware that we were gonna release or at least not until very near to us starting and I guess you couldn't back out at that point but this is very much purposely being run to make an actual play out of so um you know, perhaps you don't want to do that. I, I don't know. We haven't spoken about it. But secondly, and this is kind of true, um, I, I wanted to play with some, you know, I, I like playing with lots of different players, especially in the Discord community. And I'm, I'm trying to spread the love, man. <laughs> Which I know is a bit of a mealy-mouthed apologia. But, um, you know, I, I do want to kind of play with as many different people as I can and uh, you know we, we played quite a bit together in that forget me not I think I think it was like at least a couple of months so you know um got to do the rounds man but but also you know what there's a message coming up from safer towards the end where he talks about being really clear about selecting the players that you think are going to work together and I think there is an element of that it's not like I don't want to play with you or I don't think it would work with you but you know I think we we've got to make sure we we get players that are going to gel and have the same mindset to some extent so we thought about that and you know we're going to put, in, invite specific people that we think would would do well in this experiment and okay i'm sorry that's that's an admission um i don't know whether varney is happy with me admitting that but that's what we do in every game isn't it we think about who we want to play with uh, i i very rarely mix the streams muddy the waters contaminate the gene pool so to speak i i think only twice in my entire gaming life have i transplanted a player from one established group to another um I don't know why. Maybe it's just this, you know, you just think in these monolithic groups. You know, that's that group and that's that group. And I can't imagine them mixing together. But, of course, we do it all the time in in, dis, in the Discord community. So, um, I don't know. I don't have a good answer, Jason. But it's not because I don't want to play with you, honestly. Andrini, it's Barnabas. Um, great stuff from Timon. Um, I would like to say a couple of things about rules and system. And Timus might be absolutely spot on about me. What I would say about my interest in rules and systems is that I'm not dogmatic about it. So I, 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 I absolve myself on that front, I would say. But I here's my proposition with all of this. I don't think it's a case of GM against players. It's a case of all players, including the GM, kind of against the system. But of course, when I say against, I mean with, and maybe it's more of a triangle between the system, the GM and the other players. 
Now, Andrini, you said that you don't want to send the players mad. And by extension, I guess you don't want to just kill them. Now, by your own acknowledgement, you don't have to worry about that because in this system and, you know, in the Cthulhu games and in other similar games, you don't have to worry about that because the system will deal that to the players. So it's got nothing to do with with the GM inflicting this. It's it's totally baked into the system. And that is what we've all signed up to go through, to dig into, to, um, you know, to, to, to confront that ludic annihilation. I need to slip in a little caveat there. I said repeatedly players when I meant characters. Andy, you don't want to kill any players. Um, and you also don't want to kill any characters. So I was talking about characters and it is us, the players, that sign up for the ludic annihilation of the characters we inhabit. Like Tinkus, I also think there's a limit to equating roleplay games with films or with... or horror role-play games with horror films. Of course, there are points of overlap and we can evoke them. But but they are fundamentally different structures and without going into it in any detail at all, I think a key thing is, even, even if we're being railroaded in a game, <coughs> um, if it's emergent play, whatever the situation, it's a game and it is happening. It's 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 like a becoming process. A film uh, is is done. It's locked down. You go, you see it, you watch it, uh, and of course you can have experiences around it and really enjoy it. But it's not the same thing at all. Hello, Andy. It's just safer. I've just listened to your um, Eldritch Organ episodes two and three, and I just first of all, I just want to say. Um, don't worry, Andy. I've got no intentions of getting between you and Barney. Do you know what I mean? Um, I can see true love when when I when when I when it's there, and I've got no intention of getting between that. So don't. There's no need to get jealous. Um, but actually, I mean, I do admire Barney, and uh, I respect his intellect and his thoughtfulness. But in truth, Andy, I think me and Barney are really different types of players. Barney seems to like to enjoy a high tempo, high paced game which gives him lots of excuses to roll lots and lots of dice. And I'm quite the opposite. I like to ease back and slow down and just luxuriate into the setting and take my time and perhaps avoid rolling dice if I can because I've got a bit of the Will Wheaton dice curse. I'm so, so bad with dice. I try anything to try and avoid them. So I think we're quite different in many ways, in many respects. And I think, uh, Andy, that, that probably puts me closer towards what TJ was saying. So TJ's ideas of playing of uh, slowing down and relaxing into the scene and the setting. But in action, in truth, I, I, I mean, I don't know how sincere or how much I can take what TJ says because he's such a good actor. I never quite know when he's been sincere or not. But that sounded like he was the most sincere I've ever heard him. But um, I think I'm probably in between TJ and Barney. But TJ and Barney seem to be at opposite ends of the scales. Um, I think role-playing games exist in that middle ground between artist, artist, artistic forms and uh, gaming forms. And I think if you move out of that middle ground, they, be, they simply become a pale imitation of one of the influences that you're copying. So um, 
I think I'm I'm neither like TJ or Barney in my way of play. I'm somewhere in the middle. I think you've got to keep the dice and the structure and the rules, but you've also got to keep the free form uh, acting and narration and artistic elements as well. I think you need rules. You can't just dispense with them. <clears throat> and I think what this all might suggest is that we've had a bit of a problem before you've even started uh, the exercise because with a truly improvised uh, input and contribution from the players... And unless, as TJ says, if you don't curate your players properly, you're going to get this pulling in different directions from the different people wanting to go in different ways. And I think Barney trying to say that he wants a fast-paced, shocking game, that everyone's going to be drained. That's him trying to put in his preferences on the game, where it's going to be lots of dice rolling and constant action. And you imagine someone like TJ or myself wanting to ease things back a bit and uh, relax things. And so... If you get the wrong type of players with different attitudes, you could have the whole thing getting pulled in different directions and pulled apart, which is one of the problems with improvised play, purely improvised play, where you don't have some structure, some narrative direction to the game, because it can all just fall apart. I think you need a balance. You always need a balance in these things, Andy. But all the best. You take care. Look forward to hearing any more uh, on the subject matter. So, more thoughts from my co-conspirator, my muse... Barney, and also from from Safer, who, as I said before, brings up some really important points. Um, <clears throat> Barney and I continue to speak um, frequently about about this. We, we've probably spent more time talking and thinking about it than we will running it, which is probably about right. Um, I guess this is our prep. Our prep isn't drawing maps and writing down um, NPC names and, and describing locations and, and um, statting up monsters and what have you. Our prep is purely in the realm of the abstract. <laughs> we are prepping for the non-prep. And, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to leave it there. Um, their, their thoughts speak for themselves. There'll be more episodes, so if you're liking this series on Eldritch Organ, um, stay tuned. I'll uh, I'll leave you with one last um, nice message I got. It's it's six seconds, and it's kind of yeah, it's kind of heartwarming. <laughs> um, next time, my friend, you can leave whatever message you want. Um, please tell me why. Tell me why. Hey, Andy, this is Dave Johnson. I like your podcast. It's a game we're role-playing. I'm a stranger and you're making mistakes. I've done mistakes.